0: The warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael.
1: To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When
0: I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie
1: because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Newton Group Transfer. They are here to help you if you're stuck in a timeshare. I, these stories from people It's an easy thing to do. It's easy for you to do. It's easy for me to do. And it's really easy for the leaders of political parties to do. I'm going to talk about what's happening out there, why it's happening. We'll see if we can't fix it. Plus, another COVID bill. All that's coming up on I'm Right. You ever hear of Gaius Marius? You should have. If you haven't... It's because you were cheated by your American education system, just like I was. I had to find out about him later on in life. You see, if you go look through some documentaries on TV or or, or the books on on whatever your favorite book website is, and you look up Julius Caesar, you'll see 8 million of them. You can start scrolling now. You'll still be scrolling next Friday. If you look up Gaius Marius, you'll see one, maybe, if you're lucky. But he was the seven-time consul of ancient Rome. That's like their president. I like a better way to put it, their president. And he was this incredible general, saved Rome on multiple occasions. This great dude. Highly recommend you look into it, but I'm not going into it right now. He was famously, though, connected with his men. They loved him. And that's important for an officer. It really is important. I served. I had most of mine. I hated their guts. But the one or two I loved... I'd still to this day lay down in traffic for if they wanted me to. That connection is important. But back to Marius. His men loved him. Absolutely loved him. And why did they love him? Well, all the men said he understood them. He understood the plight of the regular soldier, knew what the regular soldier went through. What did Marius do? Well, nothing that special. He ate what they ate. He sat down with them and ate what they ate. And he bunked with them. Yeah, he could have had his own fancy tent with slaves and everything else, but instead he chose to eat with his men. No servants, no slaves that was big in ancient Rome, no 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 nothing. Just eating with his men. Why did he do this? Did he love the dumpy food they were eating? Did he love the bad beds they had versus the nice one he could have had, covered in furs, I'm sure, or whatever they slept on? No. He did it because he understood what all great leaders understand. You have to stay connected to your people. You have to. And it's one of the most difficult things in the world to do. If you're somebody who who's rising up through a company, you start out and it stinks, right? Being the low man on the totem pole, who hasn't been that in some organization at one point, military, private life, whatever. But as you rise, what do you gain? More money more access. Soon you're driving a nicer car. Girlfriend's a little prettier. House is a little bigger. Bed's a little bit more comfortable. Clothes fit a little better. Life is good. and You don't really want to go back to doing what you were doing, eating what you were eating, hanging around with who you were hanging around with. It's easy to get hooked on the high life. This is a common thing. Everybody struggles. Throughout history, they've struggled with this. And I was thinking about the impeachment the other day. And more than just this impeachment, the overall disconnect between so much of the DC, GOP, and the base. And the disconnect is shocking. The numbers are shocking. When you look at poll after poll, whatever the issue is, be it something individual like impeachment or their thoughts on the issues, it's like they're two different parties. The DC, GOP sits here, and the other people, the regular people, you and I are way over here. And I got to thinking, how did this happen? And how did somebody like Donald Trump come along and figure out how to speak to the base? And That's what he did. Right? It's not as if Donald Trump was a common man. The dude was a freaking billionaire with a supermodel wife, big old Donald Trump, private plane, private hotels, a gold-plated apartment. Dude had, should have had no connection at all. But he did connect. Because he cared about connecting. Because he tried to connect. He spoke the same language they spoke and talked about caring about the same things they cared about. And he understood, and this is where his real power was. He understood the power is not in Washington. The power is with the base. The power isn't in the comfy steak dinners and the fancy meetings and the big, you know, you know what it's like a big five-star hotel meeting, bunch of other Republican leaders in there, everybody feeling really important. It feels good. That's not where the real power lies. The real power lies with the base. The GOP is struggling right now mightily. And they're struggling because they're spending way too much time in Washington, D.C. and not near enough time out in the rest of the United States of America. And I do believe 100% it simply comes down to time. I don't believe every disconnected GOPer is somehow a bad, evil person. I'm sure some are. Who knows? I do believe, though, they're in Washington, D.C. way too much. Because look, I, because of what I do now, TV and radio. I have a lot of friends in Washington, D.C. It's just the nature of what I do. Politicians, pundits, whatever. They are so lost when you talk to them about what normal people live through, normal people care about, normal people go through. They despise everything about the Trump movement, despise everything about the four years. And setting Trump aside, they really just hate the base. They think they're a bunch of nutso, crazy, nincompoop racists. I mean, what they say about the base is identical to what the left says about the the GOP base. But I don't live in there. I live in Texas. I, I live in the Texas suburbs. Virtually everything my neighbors care about, that's in line with the GOP base. You see, there's a time problem. There's a serious, serious time problem. And the thing is, the GOP leadership needs to figure this out. And I'll tell you why they need to figure it out. They need to figure this out because I'm worried there's going to be a third party soon. And I've never thought that. I've never thought that. I always thought it was a bunch of chatter. I always thought, everyone threatens it when they get mad at the Republican Party. I think I've done it from time to time. I'll start one myself. The anti-communist party, because you know that'd be my party. Don't forget about the anti-communist merch on the first website. But listen, There's going to be a third party soon. I'm almost convinced of it. Because this thing that happened at the Capitol and the impeachment that happened after, it created yet a wider gap. And now Trump's gone. And for some reason, these DC GOP types, they're they're 100% positive that this is their chance to remove Trump and Trumpism forever. When really this is the time you should shut up and be quiet because now people are madder and more resentful than they've ever been. And so I saw this. I saw Trump met with Kevin McCarthy. Kevin McCarthy's the big dog in the House of Representatives. Kevin McCarthy flew down to Trump. Trump didn't fly to him, flew down to Trump to meet. And what was hilarious about it was I saw so many in the Washington, D.C. Republican Party dumping on him for it. Ah, oh, what a loser. What what a what a kiss butt. What a brown nose. What an idiot. I'll give the man a lot of credit. I've had problems with Kevin McCarthy. I like a lot of things about Kevin McCarthy. I have a lot of problems with him. He at least looks like a man who's interested in finding out whatever the connection Donald Trump had and using it. He at least seems understanding that there is a big problem that he has to fix. So, look, we talk about enough bad news, there's some good news. Because guys like this Adam Kinzinger, if this is the mentality going forward, you're going to have a third party soon. The former president is desperate to continue to look like he's leading the party. And the problem is, until we push back and say, you know, this is not a Trump first party. This is a country first party. In some cases, you may support Donald Trump in that effort. But in my case, I believe that that that's a whole new movement.
1: Until we all kind of stand up and say that, we're going to be kind of chasing our tail here in this situation. And that's why I launched countryfirst.com. It's a landing place for people to go to. And
2: uh, we'll see how it develops. But there's a lot of folks out there, Chuck, that have texted me, called me, written everything that say, thank you for saying something because nobody else has been. That's the country first thing. That's the new anti-Trump pact that the Republican member of Congress started. People, you don't have to love Donald Trump. I don't care if you hate him. Trump's gone. Hate him, love him, it doesn't matter to me at all. We've got to move on past that. If you think you're going to somehow purge the nationalist populist movement that got him in, you're insane. You're the minority, not them. And look, I mean, look, Thomas Rice, he's one of these GOP congressmen who voted to impeach Trump and then turns around and he's a bit shocked because he found out the South Carolina GOP, uh, yeah, he's getting censured by his own party, his home state. Quote, roughly two weeks ago, Congressman Tom Rice voted with Democrats to impeach outgoing President Trump. Disappointing the party in our 7th Congressional District. We made our disappointment clear the night of the impeachment vote. Trying to impeach a president with a week left in his term is never legitimate and is nothing more than a political kick on the way out the door. Congressman's right vote, Congressman Rice's vote unfortunately played right into the Democrats' game and the people in his district. And ultimately, our state executive committee committee wanted him to know they wholeheartedly disagree with his decision. I must have screwed up the reading of that 10,000 times, but you get what you get on this show. I went to community college. But how can you be so disconnected? That's a congressman from that state going to D.C., casting a vote in his state, immediately stepping up and saying, what are, what are you, a nutball? And let's not forget Liz Cheney. Liz Cheney is political royalty, which I don't really care for political royalty, but Liz Cheney's political royalty, obviously. Big shot. Third ranking Republican in the House of Representatives. Liz Cheney because she got way 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 too disconnected way too many dc cocktail parties not near enough mingling with the people back home liz cheney is now in a primary and she's in bad bad trouble and representative matt gates from florida went out to a little anti-liz cheney rally i thought it was pretty funny liz
0: cheney taunts me for wearing makeup in my television appearances. Now makeup only hides the slightest imperfections of the skin. It does very little to conceal the soulless corruption of Washington, D.C. You know, it's, it's pretty easy for me to get a little makeup off my shirt far more difficult for Liz Cheney to get the blood off her hands after sending America's best to foreign lands to die for unknowable gain and personal profit.
2: That was in Wyoming. Do you think Liz Cheney stayed connected? Do you think she spent enough time in Wyoming? Or when she was in Wyoming, do you think she spent enough time mingling with normal people? Or do you think she was out at a Cheney mansion somewhere? That's a congressman from Florida walking into your backyard and getting roars of cheers and laughter while he mocks you to your face. DC GOP, I'm not asking you to love Trump. Who cares? Trump's gone. You had better wake up and start spending a lot more time with the people, start covering up your disdain for the people, or you're not going to be there very much longer. Oh, Exhibit A here. You want to know the poll numbers for Liz Cheney because she's being primaried now? 73% of Republicans have an unfavorable view of Liz Cheney. This is in Wyoming. 62% of all Wyoming voters have an unfavorable view. 10% of Republican primary voters would re-elect her. She trails 54 to 21% head-to-head versus her Republican challenger, Republican Anthony Bouchard. At least pretend to care about the base. At least sit down and eat with the men every once in a while, or you're going to be gone, even if your last name's Cheney. All that may have made you uncomfortable, but I'm right. Now, I hate thieves. Everybody knows this about me. It's just a real hatred. It's not because I'm a good person. I'm a terrible person. I don't know what it is. I hate thieves. I, I wouldn't take a stick of gum. I can't stand it. And these cyber thieves who are ruining lives with this home title theft, it drives me absolutely up the wall because you're totally innocent. If they, if they do it to you, if you don't get home title lock and they do it to you, you're still totally innocent. You didn't do anything wrong. But they're out there and they're looking. As we speak, they're looking because this home title theft is humongous right now. Your home title is online. They will hack into it. They will steal it. They will forge your signature on it, take a loan out against it, and you're going to have to pay it back. Or you could just go get home title lock. That's what I did. I have home title lock. I'm never getting burned again. Go to HomeTitleLock.com. That's HomeTitleLock.com. Use the promo code RADIO for 30 free days of protection. We'll be back. We talk a lot about changing our mentality on this show. You see, your mentality, my mentality is what? When it comes to politics, what is it? Leave me alone. Mind your own business, leave me alone. That's really what we want. So when the commie hordes are pushing for something, our instinct is to say no. What our instinct isn't is say no and then counterattack and put them on their heels. We just don't think about politics in that way. It's a very defensive ideology being on the right where we are. And we have to change that now that we've lost the culture war. And when I thought about all this Lincoln Project stuff this weekend, it made me think of something. And this is going to get a little bit icky. Don't worry. It's a family show. It always will be a family show. I'm never, ever, ever going to do something on the show that you have to turn it off for your kids. So don't worry about that. The Lincoln Project was this. A group of former Republican consultants who went all in against Trump in the 2016 primary, then Trump won, then they were looking for a niche to keep making money. So they decided their new niche was going to be the anti-Trump Republicans. And they got left-wing funding, and they became this group called the Lincoln Project, We're the Republicans who hate Trump, you know, the whole thing. And one of their guys, his name's John Weaver, recently got outed as doing some really, really inappropriate things trying to groom young men, and that's as far into that as I intend to go. And the Lincoln Project puts out this long statement, quote, John Weaver led a secret life that was built on the foundation of deception at every level. He was a predator, a liar, and an abuser, blah, 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 blah. I'm not reading the whole thing. I don't care about it. My point in this whole thing is this Do you remember Charlottesville when they had that big incident in Charlottesville and the young lady got killed by the white dude? And then Donald Trump was then asked for four years, Four years, have you denounced white supremacy? Why won't you denounce white supremacy? Do you denounce white supremacy? Are you a Nazi? Do you support Nazis? Do you want Nazi support? He obviously denounced it 8,000 times and they never stopped. Just going, 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 going. And we know what they were doing. Trying to attach something ugly to a president they hated in order to bring him down. That's what the media does. Here's my question to you. Why hasn't Joe Biden been asked by every single major Republican politician and pundit to denounce pedophilia? The Lincoln Project is out there. They're busted. The Lincoln Project's out there, with ads supporting Joe Biden, vocally against Joe Biden. Why isn't Joe Biden answering questions about it? And see, even bringing it up makes people uncomfortable, right? You're probably sitting there squirming in your seat. It makes people uncomfortable. But this is how we're going to have to play now. I don't want politics to be like that where anybody's follower does something stupid or gross and then the candidate or politician has to answer questions about it. I don't want anyone to have to live like that. I think that's gross and icky and terrible. However, if the right is going to be forced to live under those rules, well, then we have to force the left to live under those rules. Unless you're under the belief that the communists are going to see your example of doing good and say, oh, you know what? That is the right way to do it. Let's do it their way. Of course, it sounds ridiculous, right? They're never going to get there. We must make them live under their own rules. And the truth is this. Joe Biden, his supporters, real support, heavy support, they just got outed. Well, Joe Biden has to denounce pedophilia. And not once, either. For the rest of his presidency, for the rest of his life, Joe Biden must address this. And if you all think that's gross, and you should, because it is gross, fine. But that's how it has to be. And as soon as the commies wanted to clear a truce on that kind of politics, fine, then we can drop it. But we're not dropping it until then. We're going to play offense now. Now, there's another COVID relief bill coming. And I was going to go into the details of it. The Senate, well, the, the Senate GOP put up this in response to the gigantic Democrat $1.8, $1.9 trillion plan. The Senate GOP counters that proposal with... $600 billion, $1,000 to people making up to $50,000 a year, $20 billion for schools, keeps weekly unemployment benefits at $300, no federal minimum wage hike. And I could go over the White House's plan, but I'm not gonna, going to. As you know, it's gigantic. and what it, it, it doesn't matter. My point is this. $20 billion for schools. That's in the Senate GOP counterproposal. Twenty billion dollars for schools? Do we know why we're in so much trouble in this country? We're in so much trouble in this country because our anti-American communist education system has taught generations, plural, of Americans that America is an evil, racist, misogynistic, horrible place that should be brought to its knees. And now these people are your college professors, your United States senators, they're your actors, they're your musicians. They occupy your corporate boardrooms now. That's why you can't watch TV anymore with your kids. They're your professional athletes. They're everywhere. Where did all those people learn that America hate? In public schools. Why does a GOP counterproposal include things for public schools? Why is the GOP not taking the lead on a better, more patriotic way to educate our children? That's an actual counterproposal. Not being, ah, just a little more Democrat. Just a little bit more Democrat than the far-right gross guys. we got to stop. Let's start being the opposite instead of being just a little bit less of what they are. All right, we got T.W. Shannon coming. we got Carol Roth coming. We have a hilarious video coming soon. Hang on. Remember the last time gas prices shot through the roof? You see oil and gas and things like that, they're easy to just, you know, play political games with. It's it's fun, right? Well, oh, he's going to stop this pipeline, he's going to drill more, he's going to drill less. But people will genuinely respond when they go to the pump and they see those numbers changing because that affects average everyday real people. Right now, gas prices are already up to 2.42 for a national average. Uh-oh. Maybe we shouldn't be cutting off gas. But to talk about that and other things, the CEO of Chickasaw Bank and former Speaker of the House in Oklahoma, T.W. Shannon. T.W., I mean, it's easy to go to Washington, D.C. and make all these promises about saving Mother Earth or whatever weird crap they talk about. But when people pay more money for gas, they don't have any time for that anymore. No, you're exactly right. You know, I'm in
3: an oil and gas state of Oklahoma, and I was Speaker of the House. We regulated oil and gas. And this is what we know. Uh, America is safer and people have a better quality of life when we're using our natural resources. There's no reason why we can pretend that we can uh, fuel our our, our military on our renewable energy. I don't know if Joe Biden's idea is to allow the Navy to go to war and hope for a a northern breeze in order to win, but that's just now how the world works. (laughs) I mean, the only thing I can come up with with this administration is maybe they're consulting world-renowned energy expert Hunter Biden on energy policy because it just it just doesn't make sense. I mean, eleven thousand jobs lost. Um, it's just not good policy. It's not good national security, and it's just not good economics. But certainly, um, it doesn't come as a surprise as the as the supreme leader is trying to lead us all by executive order.
2: Well, you, you're right, and see that's what blows me away about it, TW. And you've r- obviously risen pretty daggone high politically, so maybe you can explain this. Wh- wh- what are they thinking? There are no tangible advantages. I can't think of any. Like you just said, it's bad all the way. There's not really a defense of it. So is this just a payoff to some solar panel donors? Is that it? Well, you know, when you think about closing the
3: pipeline, I mean, I don't think there's any uh, mistaking that, you know, when, when you, when you, if you're not using a pipeline, you're transporting oil and gas some type of way, and it's probably by rail. And, you know, it'd be interesting to find out who in the Democrat Party, like a Warren Buffett, uh, owns the railway. So I don't think that that's a uh, coincidence. Follow the money trail. But but again, I think more importantly, that the Biden administration is trying to pay political homage to the far radical agenda uh, that, that controls their party. And they're, they're dead set on this idea of making America dependent on the European Union to set our oil and gas prices It's a mistake, it's a fallacy, and it does nothing to move America forward. In fact, it's just the opposite. We've got more than enough natural gas to fuel this country for the next 150 years. It makes no sense why we wouldn't use it. It's clean, it's efficient, we have plenty of it. And for the first time, President Trump made this country energy independent. Um, And that's not just good for economics, that's good for geopolitical dynamics. It actually made America more secure because we're not dependent on foreign oil. Uh, But that's not the vision that the Democrats and Joe Biden, the radicals like AOC, have for this country. Uh, They want us all, I guess, to drive bicycles. Uh, But I think they're going to see a revolt in the country uh, when it comes to how we respond from a political stance to
2: the idea of making us more dependent and less secure. Yeah, and I'm not driving a bicycle. They make my butt hurt. But that's another story entirely. <laughs> Explain to me how exactly, how exactly did the Democrat Party get taken over and controlled like they are now by radicals? Because I'm not that old, and I'm even old enough to remember Bill Clinton, who I obviously have a bunch of dif- disagreements with. He would never say some of the stuff we hear them say today or do some of the things they do. And that's not exactly ancient history. How did this happen? When did this happen? How did this happen so fast? Well, I mean, you you'd even go back as far as
3: Bill Clinton. I mean take a take a leader like a a doc, Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr. This is the start of Black History Month, and he's a guy that would actually be canceled by the Democrat Party today for speak <laughs> for espousing uh, religious convictions, right? That's totally not allowed from the Democrats right now. But I think the challenge is not just owned by Democrats. I think certain uh, establishment Republicans in washington, d c. bear some ownership. As well when we've allowed and ceded so much ground to the far left we've allowed them to dominate the conversation you know again conservative values work and conservative is not it's not about you know a a particular ideology per se it's more about just doing those things that your grandmother taught you uh paying your bills on time not using more than what you need you know saying please and saying thank you those are things that your grandmother taught you those are conservative values in action But we see it so much to the far left because we've allowed them to control the media and we allow them to control and hijack higher education. Uh, Those are two areas where I think conservatives have seeded and we've got to take them back. And certainly Hollywood plays a part too. I don't know if we'll ever get Hollywood back, but I think there may be hope. You know, as California is collapsing on itself, Commu, Commu, Florida, as I've seen some people uh, refer refer to it. uh, the, The idea is this. The, the movie industry is spreading out all over the country uh, to film, and people are finding out that there are great places in America to do business and to be creative that don't tax you. If you want less of something, you tax it. And that's exactly what these far-left states that are controlled by radical governors are doing, even those that are remaining closed that are just now beginning to open their economies because they did it for political reasons, not based on health or science.
2: Yeah, but, T.W., I'm worried about that, too. I, I mean, look, I, I doubt you want them in Oklahoma. I don't want them in Texas. If you're in the movie industry, I see what they've done to a great state like Georgia. I, I mean, I'm dead serious. I, Georgia's yeah. blue now? I, I, we all know why and how that happened. I don't want them in my state. That,
3: that, that's a fair point, Jesse, but I think the, the key is we've got to convert them. We've got to keep the baptism waters uh, warm, and when they come to our, our, our state, when they experience uh, the freedom that we have, I think there's an opportunity to make the case for the next generation that, again, the greater the freedom, the greater the wealth. And I think, you know, I heard George W. Bush say this years ago that inside every American, inside every human being, there is a desire to be free. And the challenge is we've lived so well and with such a high standard of living in this country for so long that even those that are oppressed think that they're free. But as Harriet Tubman once said, I could have freed a thousand more slaves if they just knew that they were slaves. We've got to tell the story of why conservative values work, that allowing people to keep more of their money, not being dependent on government, not in looking to government to, to be our source, but looking to ourselves and looking to our neighbors and looking to our faith. That's really what conservatism is all about. And there's an opportunity, I think, to tell that story to a greater number of people as they flee
2: the liberal coast. Do they desire to be free? I, I asked this a lot because I remember about nine months ago or so when the coronavirus came out and a bunch of little tyrant mayors and governors pointed fingers at Americans and said, go home, close your business. You're allowed to do this here. You better be, you better be home before this time. And I saw a lot of Americans, I'm ashamed to say, say, okay, daddy, government, I'll go do it. Uh, do we desire to be free?
3: Yeah, I, I think I think we do. I, I, sometimes, you know, the 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 far left would have you to believe that that they're winning the, the the argument, but reality, when you poll people, they recognize that this is that this that they're that they're calling for in New York and California with closing businesses, this idea of waiting for an elected official to tell you whether you're an essential or non non-essential employee, that's just not what Americans have in mind. That the summer of love as was so-called in Portland, Oregon, where we saw race riots and buildings burning. That's not what people want. Even 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 far-left radicals recognize that you have to live in a free society to allow that. The challenge is we as conservatives, we got to go tell the story of why we're a better alternative. And freedom rings loud, even even in cities where, where our freedom has been quelched. The idea is we've got to be an example. And I think great states like Oklahoma, like Texas, where people are coming... Uh, to start a business, to start a, a way of life that is far different from the overtaxed, overpriced uh, left zealots that have taken over the coast. We're going to see that that happen. In fact, when you look at the country, think about it starting from about North Dakota, going south to Texas, all the way over to Florida. I always call it the Freedom Corridor. That's really what's fueling this country right now. It's because their there cities and their states. That recognize and value freedom and how freedom is good for business,
2: it's good for your quality of life, and it's good for your kids and your grandchildren. TW, lastly, I you brought up Harriet Tubman, it made me think of it. There's a lot of talk obviously about putting Harry Tubman on the twenty dollar bill, which I have no problem if Harry Tubman goes on some money. I have no problem with Harry Tubman, period, but why Harriet Tubman and not Frederick Douglass? Frederick Douglass was a boss. No, he was, and he was a Republican
3: who actually uh, was an advisor, you know, was born into slavery and became an advisor uh, to a president of the United States. And is actually Black History Month, Mm -hmm. as we celebrate it. It was actually coined by uh, Carter G. Woodson in February as a celebration to both Lincoln and uh, Frederick Douglass's birthday, so I think he certainly be worthy of it, and certainly Harriet Tubman is as well. You know, I think the bigger yeah. challenge we have, Jesse, is the left trying to erase history. I'm just glad that somebody's talking about history. Both my parents were history teachers, and so I, I was blessed to have a good sense of what's made this country great and the values of of Americans of of, of the American system of, of government, this and the system of valuing individuals and liberty and life and the pursuit of happiness. Um, those are things that I think black Americans should be celebrating, and it's something that all of Americans can celebrate. So I'd be happy with Harriet Tubman or Frederick Douglass, but there's no doubt that Republicans have played a significant role in Black History Month and the advancement of black Americans, and we continue to do so. And I, I believe in the future, more African Americans are going to recognize that.
2: TW, appreciate you as always, man. Jesse, thank you for having me. This guys awesome. We'll be back. Well, Jen Psaki has a pretty tough job, and that's trying to answer questions when she never has any answers. But I did think her take on the GameStop, Wall Street hedge fund thing last week was not very informative, but pretty revealing.
4: Obviously this is under the purview of the SEC in terms of um, their review and monitoring Um, but this is, uh, there is an important set of policy issues uh, that have been raised as a result of market volatility in recent days and we think congressional attention to these issues is appropriate and would welcome working with Congress moving forward as we dig into these further policy issues but uh, I don't have anything further to predict for you other than um, we certainly uh, welcome the opportunity to work with members who have proposed idea
2: Wow. If you're a little confused by that word salad, believe me, you're not alone. <laughs> Joining me now to give us the adult's point of view on that and many other things is the host of the Roth Effect podcast, which I'll be on tomorrow, I should point out, Carol Roth. Carol, first of all, you have obviously been the wet blanket adult in the room in informing people the reality of what happened last week, but I want you to do it on my show so the viewers can have the truth and ruin everybody's fun.
4: (laughs) So, basically, we were living through a real-life version of my favorite 80s movie, Trading Places. If you remember in that movie, you have these wealthy evil brothers, the Dukes, who have lots of money but no empathy. They decide they're going to corner the market on uh, frozen orange juice. And then Winthorpe and Valentine find out about this and decide to beat them at their own game making themselves a lot of money and putting the Dukes in the poorhouse. Well, basically, that's what played out in real time here. We had a bunch of people on Reddit, I call them the digital Winthorpes and Valentines, who figured out that the greedy hedge fund managers, analogous to the Dukes, um, have basically done something that is called shorting a stock. And I know this sounds really confusing. Everybody knows that if you think a stock's going up, that you'd want to buy it. And if it's going to go down, you'd probably want to sell it. But what if you wanted to make a bet that it's going down and you don't own the stock? Well, that's what's called short selling. You borrow the stock from your brokerage and you say, okay, I'm going to sell it and lock in that money. And I hope that it goes down. And let's say the stock price is six. You sell it at six. It goes down to six. You buy it back and then you have to give it back to the brokerage. But if that $10 stock went up to $15, you still owe it back to the brokerage. So now you're out five bucks, you still have to to pay it back um, and give that those shares back to the brokerage. So what Reddit figured out was that the hedge funds had shorted or borrowed so much stock, like more than was actually even available um, in the market. They just kind of kept borrowing what was already borrowed, if you will. And the, so they had this idea and they said, if we all stuck together and we go out and we buy shares in the market, by the time these greedy hedge fund managers have to buy it back, We could all go, no, I'm sorry that price isn't good enough. No, I'm sorry that price isn't good enough. No, I'm sorry that price isn't good enough. And the stock price would go up and up and up. And that's actually what played out. You had a stock that was trading in the teens that went up to at its high $480 something dollars because all of these Redditors decided to band together and stick it to the man. And very much like trading places where this was not just about making money, it was about a social commentary, there's a huge social commentary aspect going on here. Main Street has been sold out to Wall Street, and so many of the people involved weren't just looking to make a quick buck. They were trying to to make a bigger point that the average person isn't getting the same kind of access.
2: Okay, first of all, greedy. You use the word, I certainly know you are not anti-wealth. Everybody knows I'm not anti-wealth, but greedy is such a thing. It's, it's certainly a thing in the business world. Were these hedge funds being what you would call greedy or were they being smart?
4: So uh, I always say greed is good, but there is a, a saying on Wall Street that uh, bulls get rich and bears get rich and pigs get slaughtered. And they got piggy. There's nothing wrong with shorting a stock, but shorting it in the excess that they did, you know, this multiple times how many shares were outstanding, that was getting greedy. So, if they had just done it a little bit and sent a signal to the market, then they wouldn't have put themselves in this situation. But at the end of the day, they did get greedy and they got beat at their own game. So, they need to take the loss like men.
2: Now, are they going to take the loss? Because my big thing on this whole thing wasn't that, I mean, I didn't run out and buy any GameStop stock. I enjoyed it from afar and shared all the little funny memes on social media like everybody else, but I just chose to use it as a spectator sport. But are the greedy guys who were doing wrong, are they going to be on the hook? Because that part I do care about. If they get bailed out when the general common man never gets bailed out, I'm going to be upset.
4: So what happened was that there are actually some of the hedge funds who did basically go bankrupt, in effect, and they got bailouts, but not from the government, from other private companies that came in and said, well, we're going to give you some more money so that you can continue your operations and hopefully find a way out of it. Um, so, there, I mean, to some extent, some of, some of the guys, I mean, everyone got hurt, uh, but they may live to play another day, uh, kind of depending on who they are. But the funny thing about it is, and this is just sort of the way the game goes, is that there were a bunch of other rich guys who decided to take the opposite position once they saw what the Redditors were doing. And so while there are certainly some of these individual retail folks who probably did pretty well some who did very well there were also a number of other rich institutions that got wealthy alongside of them so uh, I think again it's you know about the broader macro points and hopefully that won't be lost I do think that you do need to be careful if you're a retail investor and it's fine if you put in $35 or $100 expecting to lose it all but what happens in all these situations and I know from my own you know direct messages on Twitter because as the stock price kept going up and we kept getting more media attention, there was FOMO, fear of missing out. And people kept going, well, should I get in? Should I get in? Should I get in? And eventually somebody's left holding the bag because that stock all has to eventually be sold or there ends up being a a, a real, um, you know, kind of focus back on the valuation. And we've already seen the stock go down like almost 50% from its high uh, in just a couple of days. And I'm assuming we'll eventually get back to kind of the, Teens or 20s where it was. So, you know, somebody's on somebody's on both sides of the trade, and it's probably the, the sophisticated investors may have gotten burned up front, but they're certainly not getting burned on the back end, which means it's gonna be some retail investors who get burned on the back back end of this.
2: Which is which is exactly why I didn't buy any. Never follow the crowd, kids. Sit back and enjoy the crowd. Never ever follow the crowd. Carol, do we need an investigation into how this stuff works. I don't want I don't want Congress getting involved. I don't want the SEC getting involved. I think they're all corrupt and stupid, but is there something really unethical that goes on with how these guys play it on the stock market? Or is that just the way it's always been and always going to be and it can't really be fixed?
4: So I think there are a couple of areas where it's probably worth looking into. And I say this with the caveat that the people in Congress are incredibly stupid and the people on wall street are incredibly (laughs) smart and so anything that they put in place the wall street guys are going to find a way around um that being said and without getting like really into the weeds and having a full like you know economic financial discussion here there should be a discussion around um derivatives trading and options trading and perhaps putting some limits on you know how How much you can actually uh, buy or sell when there isn't an underlying asset. I mean, the fact that people were borrowing stock that had already been borrowed, that's not creating any value. That's not sending market signal. That's just casino gambling. And frankly, that's what happened during the mortgage crisis that made it exponentially larger than it is. So I do think that it's worth looking into sort of the restraints on derivatives. The other thing is that a lot of the exchanges. Uh, stop trading GameStop and a lot of other stocks during this. And I know Robinhood got called out, but uh, I know some really big brokerages that were doing it as well. And they were saying it was liquidity and settlement issues. Well, that probably deserves to be looked into because we need to have, um, you know, as, as fair and orderly of markets as, as possible. Now, the reality is nobody's manipulated the markets more than the government and the Federal Reserve. So if you want to have an investigation, you should probably start with them first. Seven and a half trillion dollars on their balance sheet made up out of nowhere. That's having a much bigger effect on the market and people's lives than what's going on with GameStop.
2: Kill Roth, you're the best. Appreciate you. I'll be on your show tomorrow. All right, I'll be back. I don't have many hobbies I love. I, I do radio three hours a day. I do TV for you an hour a day. Hang out with the fam. That's about it. I don't have a ton of hobbies. But one of my favorite things in life is making fun of Gavin Newsom. So when I saw somebody put out a little parody campaign ad because he's about to get recalled, I had to play it for you. You may open now. Gavin Newsom has saved California. Hey,
0: you can open. We did it. Time to open
2: up. He took a hard stand against COVID-19. We
0: We defeated him. I mean, we ended the lockdown. And now he's taking a stand for business. Anybody in here? Hello? Open up. Every step of the way. Gavin Newsom made the right decision.
3: Hey homeless guys, you can go back to work now. We did it.
0: <laughs> we are all in his debt. High five, California. Gavin Newsom, he did a good job. Paid for by Gavin Newsom's campaign to not recall Gavin Newsom, but instead consider him a viable option for president in
2: 2024. <laughs> it was the bird and the mask. When the bird vomits up the mask, that's that's too much. Credit to the Babylon Bee. Gosh, those guys are awesome. All right. I'll see you tomorrow. You know, your house smells. Don't get mad. Don't get mad. My house smells, too. I'm I'm not indicting you. I'm sure you keep a clean home, but just time